Hey, Billy. Hey, Chris. How you doing, man? I'm doing okay. How are you? I'm doing good. Hey, do you do you remember like way back in the day when we were kids, um, Saturday morning cartoons? Yes, absolutely. I just watched like, them yesterday, in fact. Like the legit ones. Like Saturday, you had three channels, ABC, NBC, CBS, and then that was that. And you, you, you picked, you cherry-picked which ones you were going to watch, stuff like that. A bowl of cereal and a bunch of cartoons. Absolutely. That is like an ultimate Saturday. I think that would make for a great podcast topic. What would you think? I'm in. I'm in. You're in. Cool, because guess what? What? This is Monkey Business. Your one-stop shop for everything geeky, and it's from Rochester, the home of all of the coolest people on the planet. We are Chris, Billy, Dan, and Tanya, and now is the time we're going to get talking. Hi, guys. Hi, Chris. Was that fun? That was fun. I like those. I'm having fun doing those now. little intro before the intro. The little intro before the (laughs) intro. It's like the preface, if you will. Well, I was thinking of like the TV term, the teaser, you know, Uh because we tease. It could be last time on Monkey Business. Oh, I want to do that now. Oh, previously on Monkey Business. Yeah, (laughs) do a recap. If we do, especially if we do a topic we've done before, right? Like Mm -hmm. if we go, say we go back around to do do some more Battlestar Galactica in lieu of the fact that they're working on a new series, right? And we want, and we get new information. We want to talk about it. We can say previously on monkey business and dan can actually pull a cl- couple of clips out of the, the file that would be awesome i think dan's a good might- idea too much work <laughs> <laughs> it is more work but it would be kind of fun just to kind of recap what we've done the last episode or two just kind of pe- if people are just tuning in for the first time or something mm-hmm. they can oh i'm gonna go listen to that one or or it might be great to just do something completely random this popped into my head previously on monkey business and then you go into the blooper reel and pull something out where I'm, I, you know, one of us duffs it and swears and starts, everybody starts laughing at them. And then we jump into the intro. <laughs> that would be fun too, I think. But like, we have no idea what he's pulling out. So, uh, yes. Yeah, monkey business, a clip from the Marx Brothers movie, Monkey Business. Okay, Billy, you got to get out of my head because I was just seriously thinking that. <laughs> That's awesome. There was also a Cary Grant movie called Monkey Business where it was like shenanigans with a chimpanzee. Oh, jeez. What was what was the one where he, he it was set I think in World War Two or just after it and he was just like some guy on a deserted island with a boat and he didn't... oh yeah. Father Goose that's the one thank you yep that was a staple on Channel Thirty One when they first signed on the air oh yeah I mean they were playing it like every at least once a month yeah uh, the good old days of Channel Thirty One yeah how's everybody oh, good what good. Yeah, I heard the yawn over there. I'm sorry. Did you guys have a good week? Yeah, you know, I've got one more week of summer school. And uh-huh. um, the governor uh, has stated that schools can reopen. Yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about that. Pending any uh, um, resurgence of um, infections, the infection rate, things like that. And- well. Is, yeah, isn't the yeah, idea so, of opening the schools opening up for resurgence? So. Well, they're they're looking at what's going to go also over the next couple of weeks because mm-hmm. if things escalate, then right. they'll have to. Um, now, are they re- still are they still doing like part? 
at home part in schools or has that been next? Because I thought I know my son school. will be experiencing that because I got the write up from from his school. Yeah, we, we have that too. Yeah, yeah. Like, like my son, he's he can do hybrid, mm -hmm. um, which is two days in school and three days um, remote asynchronous learning. They called it. Jesus. Um, Asynchronous can, learning, what does that mean? Asynchronous learning means that um, you don't have a live teacher teaching you directly in the classroom. That means that you could be watching a video of a previously recorded lesson. Mm -hmm. um, it could be a different teacher um, doing the lesson with you. Or you could be doing... Um, like they could be giving you stuff from like videos from Khan Academy and practice from Khan Academy or something that is um, supplemental to what you've already done in the classroom that particular week, I'm guessing. Because the synchronous learning is the stuff that's done inside the classroom. Like I like right now I've been doing a lot of asynchronous learning over the summer because I have students that didn't necessarily log on to me to do a direct teaching when I was on Zoom. They said, okay. just give me assignments. I will do them by myself. I, I'll do them on my own time because I'm working um, a job, blah, 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 blah. So I can't make your hours. Okay. So they've done asynchronous learning. I've done stuff on Khan Academy. I can see when they've logged in. I can see what time of day that they've worked on it, and it gives me their grades. Um, and then I get an email every so, and then I had worksheets that I sent out to them. But then there's other kids that I did direct one-to-one -one on Zoom, um, where they logged on and we worked through the assignments together and we talked about it and I did synchronous learning. So that's what Rush Henrietta is doing is uh, a combination, or you can do hundred percent remote. Um, I am back. Um, our students are back four days a week. Um, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. Staff is back five days a week. Um, so Wednesday is our, uh, we don't know if it's professional development. We don't know if it's planning. The The Wednesday day is still to be determined. Mm -hmm. But um, the kids come in and we're not sure if they can do remote, 100% remote or partial remote or whatever. I think it's, they, they go back to their districts and ask them. Mm-hmm type thing so i yeah that's the part we don't know of how to do because we're going to have we're going to have families who say we're not comfortable sending them because of a b and c reasons and we're mm -hmm. going to say okay we'll we'll try to accommodate that which you, which you kind of have to right now so. yeah right absolutely yeah. because we've got we definitely have students that have medical issues mm -hmm. that right. have immune um a compromised immune system and things like that and or the family has compromised immune systems, things like that. So they don't want to send their student to school and possibly have them they bring something Become back. an exposure risk. Exactly. Right. So, and and we're okay. We're, we're able to now try to figure out how to do that. But Riker's well, looks, going... Looks like pretty much all the public schools are doing a kind of a hybrid, hybrid. or all remote. Um, private schools are not, however. No, uh, my next door I, neighbor... Is going to Aquinas. He's I, I, I read Aquinas's plan just for the fun of it, just to see what they were doing. They're back and five days. Yeah, but they're doing so. Basically, they have the uh, the maximum amount in a classroom, and then overflow are going to be in the um, the field house. And all all classrooms are going to have cameras and microphones, so you can, you know, if even if you're not in the classroom, you can attend class. 
from what it's sounding like. So you're, you know, you're, I, I don't you want you to be that. on school premises, which is yeah. interesting. I don't, it's like, well, if you can't that, do the capacity, then why I have it, right. That's yeah, a very maybe. kind way of describing it, Dan, is interesting. I'd be interested to figure out that. My next door neighbor, um, her son, their youngest, who's a year older than Riker, is um, starting eighth grade at Aquinas mm-hmm. this year. So he's been at Russian Riata up until now. And now he's going to be starting in September. <sighs> and we'll see how that goes. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't know how that. I don't know how it's going to work with uh, yeah with the today's environment and everything. But it feels like too much of a crapshoot to me, right? And it just it feels like they're throwing dice at this point and hoping for the best. And I, well, just... I think we're all kind of hoping for the best, and that's kind of the the thing. I mean, I think the hybrid is just sort of a compromise to try try to get some of that, but you know, try to keep some safeness there too, and be able to flip quickly if you have to to go all all remote kind of thing and yeah billy you don't have much of a dog in the fight you don't have kids in school you don't you know you and susan are not teachers so you know this kind of a thing really doesn't affect you all that much what from the cheap seats what are you seeing you know what how, how are you in general at it? it scares me in general society in general has been scaring me and the school mm-hmm. thing is just sort of an offshoot of it uh-huh. and that you know susan was telling me this morning i think Australia or New Zealand, one of the, those countries, New Zealand or Australia was going to do like another sort of precautionary thing because their uh, COVID rate is back up to like 2%. I, I want to say it's probably Australia. It is Australia because New Zealand has been patting itself on the back and being playing it safe. They, they, they killed it. They got rid of it. They, did, we, they, they scored the win. Whereas we, ours, I, it still seemed to be like 20%. Because we have, because it's too political here, right. and people won't take the precautions that the other countries have taken to yeah. kill this thing. Because it, it got politicized here in the states, and so now it's more of a political issue than a health issue. Because they think if they wear their mask or mm-hmm. isolate or social distance or don't go to their friend's house or whatever, that they're they're showing weakness if if they do that. Yep. And yep. that's not right. It's not showing weakness. It's showing strength and showing responsibility. To... Yes. And people yeah. don't, I mean, look at Sturgis, the motorcycle. Rally oh, I know. Happening. I was just about. That's crazy. That's crazy. 50,000 people. And it shouldn't they're... be happening. No, and I agree. They don't have a mask policy. No mandatory masks type thing. There's a couple mm. people that I was reading this morning that are wearing masks whatever, but mm-hmm. a good portion of the population are the ones that are at the health risk because they're older. Yeah. Because and, they've been attending that bike rally for years. And this may be very uh, stereotypical of me to say it, but, you know, think of, think of your uh, idea of the old, you know, of the regular good old fashioned, you know, biker, you know, the big fellow who's probably not exactly in the healthiest condition, you know, regular, they don't smoke, wear regular smoker, <laughs> they don't wear helmets. They don't know why they're going to wear masks. Right. Uh, but regular smokers, most of them. Okay. And so they're they're setting themselves up for this, and it's just it mind boggles. Mind- well, smoking won't get them. They, they got to get get out, get out of there somehow. So <laughs> yeah, I don't know. This is. So I, I, just, I just feel that I, I'm never going to be able to leave the house ever again. Yeah, it feels like it sometimes, doesn't it? Yeah. You need the bubble suit. <laughs> it's the Billy, Billy in the, the bubble. bubble. There you go. See, I'm with you, T. 
I'm with you, T. I just, I just, if I could have anything about this particular situation, I wish it never got politicized. You yeah. know, I wish there was there was some central leadership that pointed out that this is actually a genuine health risk, and it, it was you know there nothing about hoaxes, nothing about misinformation, nothing about that. It just it didn't get politicized. It's just it's a health mm-hmm. thing. Deal with it. it. Yes, it's happening. Let's make let's let's find a solution, not cause not give blame to everybody. Not, not place exactly. blame. Let's, yeah. let's work on this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, but that did not happen. So now here we are, seven months later, and mm-hmm. still dealing with it. You know, yeah. so that's yeah. weird. Our government likes to give blame to other people, not to solve problems. Yeah, currently it does. Yeah, it's very it's, good. It's always the it's always the other person's fault. It's not my fault. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can't work together. No compromise. Yep. And now we can't even move to Canada because it won't let us in. <laughs> I know. When Canada won't let you in, come on. Yeah. They're the nicest people on the planet. They're very welcoming, very easygoing folks up there. And now they're like, nope, you stay there. Hey, yesterday, what does that tell you? They're smarter than us. <laughs> yesterday, Susan and I watched a bunch of movies. She hasn't been feeling well. She oh, got like a bout of diverticulitis, which she yeah. every couple. So she's just been resting. We've been watching movies. And yesterday, and one of the movies we watched was San Andreas, which is an earthquake <laughs> movie with The Rock. Right. And now I'm seeing an alert, East Coast earthquake. One, I, I, I don't want to click the uh, the update to see what it is, but I think there's, North an Carolina or something, yeah. there's an earthquake happening right now, so I'm waiting for The Rock to come save me. <laughs> there, was, there was one time, a couple, I think it was about a year or so ago, that there was this whole rumor mill that he was going to think he's thinking about running for president and i'm and and, you know i'm all about the whole you know the hollywood stunt kind Mm -hmm. of thing you know but i was like taking that seriously for a moment i'm like you know what i'd be okay with that this guy's actually kind of cool he's Mm -hmm. he's not afraid a the rock is not afraid to admit when he's when he screwed something up and he has to you know he made a mistake or he hurt somebody's feelings or he said something Mm -hmm. he shouldn't have he's going to be usually out in front of it so i know he's good at taking responsibility for his actions He's a lot more intelligent than, you know, the, the original dumb wrestler that he was portraying on screen. He's very dynamic, very charismatic. I mean, holy cow, this guy would be amazing. <laughs> He's awesome. I like the rock. He can sing. He can sing. Of course he can. <laughs> because why not? You know, that was when, when Moana came out, right? And I hear the the whole the, the, the routine, well, you're welcome. And I'm like. That is him singing because, of yeah. course, you know. Not only is he not only is this gorgeous specimen of a human being, not only is he charismatic, not only is he a good actor, but the man can sing. Of course, he can. You know, <laughs> what can't he do? He's a good father. He, you know, he hears such he father stuff on Instagram, and oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah, my gosh, exactly. the guy is just amazing. Rock so I would be all about if if Rock ever decided to to run for president, I I would. I would jump on that campaign bag wagon in a heartbeat. I think he's too smart for that, though. I don't know. <laughs> That's the unfortunate thing. You know what? You just touched on something immaculately perfect. When you said he's too smart for that, that's the thing is the really, the good people who we want to be president, they wouldn't want the job nowadays because of how screwed up the whole system is. I mean, he has a good life right now. The president would mess everything up. I know. Because of the crap that goes involved with it. That's, that's a very telling statement right there. That is, that's the whole ball game right there. It's sad. It is. Okay. It's really brutal. Mm-hmm. So but hey, on, we, that, on that note, that happy and pious note. Our, uh, <laughs> our, our topic for the day. Can we take a break and come back to, to reminisce about some of our childhood? Well, why not? Because yeah. it was better back then. Everything was better with I, bacon. I was to say, yeah, it, it was because we were kids and mm, we didn't bacon. know any better. 
<laughs> yes, dear. We'll talk shop. That's fine. All right. So, Dan, you got something in mind for a good break? I, I don't know. We'll find out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we'll be right back. Wouldn't you like to get away? Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name And they're always glad you came A horse and carriage This I tell you, brother You can't have one without the other love and What would we do, baby, without us? What would we do, baby, without us? And there ain't no nothing Would you stand up and walk out on me? Lend me your ears and I'll sing you a song. I will try not to sing out of key. Oh, baby, how Trouble with the law since the day they was born. 
And we are back, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know what clip you picked, Dan, but it was awesome. I laughed my ass off. I'm sure of it at this point. <laughs> I sang so. along. You sang along? <laughs> it was a sing along. Later, I gotta find a clip that's really dread and dreadful and boring. No, no, no. See, here's the thing: is 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 Billy triggered it when he said I sang along. Now you need a clip of Hannibal Lecter talking about the census taker. A census taker tried to test me. A sliver of fava beans and a nice candy. <laughs> really? And, and now I can just, I can, I'm just in the back of my head. I'm thinking of Billy trying to sing along to that. That'd be awesome. There's, that's it. That's right there right now. All right. So, you know, we've, we've hinted at it a couple of times. Today is kind of throwback Sunday for us or throwback Wednesday is, is the case of broadcast day. Um, the original idea, and this is what we're going to focus on the most, are the TV shows uh, that caught our attentions when we were kids. So, you know, Billy, the, the 60s and 70s and 80s. For me, it's 70s and 80s. Dan, same. Tanya, 70s, 80s. Maybe a little bit of 90s. Um, not too much. Not too much, you know, because you're only two years uh, younger than, than Danny and me. Um, you know, and, and we've hinted at Saturday morning cartoons, which is kind of like a cornerstone of some of the con conversations we've had about this particular topic, stuff like that. But I'm also thinking of of um, of a variety of series. And, and one, I want to bring one obscure one up now, and I want to throw it to Billy because I um because of your 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 big fandom being baseball. But do you remember Johnny Bench's show, The Baseball Bunch? Oh, absolutely, with the San Diego Chicken. Yes, and uh, there was like a talking blackboard, maybe. Yes, <laughs> but yes, Johnny it was, it was a bad, animated blackboard. Yeah. So yeah. And I thought, I, I remember we were talking about, you know, the shows from when we were kids and that one popped into my head. I'm like, oh my God, I got to talk to Billy about this one. So do you, are you too familiar with this show? No. Okay. It, this, the premise was just painfully simple, right? It was Johnny Bench, who's a Hall of Fame, you know, catcher and, and, and did he, he was a manager as well, wasn't he at one point? Or no, did he just I don't play? think so. No, he okay. just played. So he was a player. He was he was in the the Cincinnati Reds, the Big Red Machine. Uh, you know, he was very well known uh, as being a, a true sportsman. And a, a great uh, student of the game, as well as a good teacher. He was a great coach. He was a great, you know, leader. He was he was a captain of his team at one point or another. Um, and and he had a team that was the anti bad news bears. Really, it was a bunch of young kids, you know, little leaguers, basically high school kids. Mm -hmm. And they would go over the fundamentals of baseball. They would talk about you know various nuances of the game. They would talk about rules. They would talk about mechanics. They would talk fundamentals. And he'd bring. Um, another player in, you know, a veteran player or somebody who was in the Hall of Fame, and they'd come in and work with the kids. So it was like, it was, it was like teaching the joy of baseball, a little bit really of history, uh, not just the mechanics, but yeah. of the history and and the and why you why he loved the game so much. And it was just, it was always fun to watch. And and the the the, the kids themselves were, it was very, it was a good diverse group. There were girls, there were boys, there was you know different. Uh, ethnicities and and backgrounds and and but they all had their their uniform shirts and their hats and their gloves and they were all ready to go and they, they were just having a good time and you didn't have like the one kid that was always like you know the the dick and then the one kid who was the prima donna they, they were all just regular kids just having a good time playing baseball and then like i said san diego chick was there to add a little bit of humor he mm -hmm. do something slapsticky yeah for like you know a joke sketch or something. And mm -hmm. it, it was a cute show and it did teach a love of baseball. And you're, I had, God, I haven't thought of that show in years. So that's a good call. That's Thank one you. I completely forgot about. 
so that's the kind of thing I want to talk about for the the big section of this particular today's podcast is is the things that you and I and Danny and Tanya the things we grew up with that's thankfully because of technology a lot of those shows are now still out there you know Netflix Hulu you know streaming YouTube whatever the case may be so maybe we can you know inspire some folks to go back and look at some of the stuff that that we grew up with so oh I so want to get um one of mine on DVD all right, which one is that? I want to get Gem and the Holograms on DVD. Oh my god, <laughs> I've never seen it. It's truly <laughs> outrageous. I, I've heard of it. I've never seen it. And wasn't there a recent remake? Maybe there was. A there movie. was a. There was okay. a movie made, and it was. It the was cute. It was cute, but I really felt like it was more of a tongue-in-cheek satire of what Gem was all about. You know, it was. Gem, I think, in in my opinion, was one of those first ones that was being catered towards girls like you know and which was great because you know in this in the 80s you know everything was basically they're anticipating that it's the boys in front of the tv you know on saturday morning watching the cartoons and so i think jem was that first opportunity to really show an attempt at, at a semblance of diversity and and an awareness that there's more than just this this audience here and you know the the, the show was formulaic obviously because it was a cartoon Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, it was, I don't want to be overcritical of it, but it felt kind of too fluffy. Like they were just throwing it out there and hoping for the best. Um, but then the movie came along recently and to me, it just felt like it was picking on the old cartoon rather than trying to honor it. I don't know. Like Josie and the Pussycats, when it came out, like, what, 10, 10 15 years ago at this point, mm-hmm. it really felt like a satire of something else rather than a homage to this, See, this entity. I, that I was going to bring now. that up. I thought they did a really good job with that. Mm-hmm. Well, the music was fantastic with that. And but. and the characters, I th- the, especially the Josie and the Pussycats, mm-hmm. I thought they, they got those characters perfectly and then put them in this it, it became a satire in like modern society okay but uh I, I i really enjoyed the movie and the music but yeah hmm. yeah i guess it, it wasn't exactly what the tv show was where they wound up on in an adventure on an island with crazy plants or whatever but yeah but i, I enjoyed and, the know, movie i i also have to admit that doing this particular job for as long as I have now being, being the podcast host and looking at things and, 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 you know, and being involved in the planning for a comic con and, and analyzing and thinking it through that I have become more critical. And I, and, and you know, our, our whole, our whole theme the other day was check your brain at the door movies. I don't do a good job of checking my brain at the door anymore. I admit that freely. Right. So it's, I, I will acknowledge that maybe I'm being a little hypercritical at this point. And it was just, sometimes a cigar is just a cigar, right? Right, Freud? <laughs> so, I don't know. But, so tell me more about Gem and the Holograms, Tanya. Um, Gem and the Holograms is based on, uh, it was a cartoon that um, the main character, Jerrica Benton, is the mm-hmm. owner of Starlight Music and the Starlight Foundation, which is a foster home for young girls. Mm-hmm. She uses her earrings to project a holographic image over herself. She's transformed into her alter ego, Gem, the lead singer for a successful music group, Gem and the Holograms. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have rivals um, of the Misfits made up of, of Pizzazz, Roxy, and Stormer. 
Um, Gem and her friends are always involved in glamorous and exciting adventures around the world while touching people's hearts for their hit songs. So it was funny because I'm reading this user review from like 2004 Mm -hmm. and it says, I saw Gem for the first time on video last night. Could not believe all the positive messages it, it contained. Kids need more of this show more than ever. I also enjoyed the artistic animation it contained. And then it says what the um, favorite episode is when Jem and her friend Dan sacrificed a major award to help lost, abused runaways. It's nice to see such morality existing in such artistic, creative, and be- beautiful 80s bohemian women at the same time. This is a show that is good for the whole family. Hope it comes back to be viewed for today's kids. Recommended for the entire family. Also recommended to teach kids values they need today. That's Unlike- all the same write-up? Yeah. Okay, uh, some, somebody in the production company wrote that one. I can <laughs> That's my cynicism. No, no, no. It, it, that's my cynicism coming out. I don't see just a random citizen on the street writing uh, that. It's John P. Hessenin I three V six. I don't know. Um, it says, "Go ahead and see it for yourself." I'm such a kid at the heart. That's still like the first one. In there. He could just be like me. Like I, I get tend to get over wordy and overthink things when I write stuff. So mm-hmm. he, he could just be another version of me. So I'll, I'll take that as a real okay review. Hey, I, like I said, I admit, I admit my cynicism when I when I realize it's probably rearing its head. You know, I'm uh, I'm trying to be self aware. <laughs> <laughs> Well, somebody else said, if you're an 80s child like me, Jem played a big part in being a kid. Jem had it all. Action, adventure, romance, and best of all, music videos to sing along to and pretend you're a rock star. And, and 80s, man, I'm telling you, that was the birth of the, the, the real birth of the, the, the music video, you know, with MTV and, and everything. I, although I do have to say, you know, uh, there was a great meme the other day. MTV turned like 38 and let's celebrate 19 years of music or something mm-hmm, like that. Yeah. So. <laughs> But, so. but yeah, no, I get it. You know, and, and in cap, I remember for me, Gem was like one of those I had to skip over it because it was just consummate eighties. It was <laughs> loud. It was loud. The colors were were jarring, you know, for me, and and it it didn't strike me as. I mean, I I wasn't much of a critic at sixteen, seventeen years old, but I was like, ah, this is not for me. Click, move yeah. on. So. Yeah, definitely. Sure. It was never on my radar. Yeah. Yeah, me either. Um, it was definitely on Anne's radar because her daughter's um, initials are J E M. Oh, no. Oh, my God. I never put that together. That's hilarious. Wow. Jessica Elizabeth Majuli. Yep. That is hilarious. Her initials are Jem. <laughs> and it's Anne, so I can't even doubt that play. Oh, no, it's not. It, yeah. It, Anne is totally a Jem fan. That's funny. That's cute. I need to find her those star earrings. Oh my god, that'd be amazing! Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure we we know enough vendors. We probably have somebody craft them up for her. Oh yeah, so that's that's okay. My... And and I'm like, I loved that show. So well, good. And that's I'm... the important part. That we can we can sit there and be critical and hypercritical and whatnot and talk about it and whatnot. But the the part is, and that's what we boil it down to. Tanya enjoyed the show. It was one of her favorites of that particular era, and so she's rolling with it. And that's, and that's all that matters. Yep, that's that's it. all that matters. Yeah, that's all that matters. Yeah. <laughs> Age thirteen to sixteen. Mm-hmm. That, that's the age that I that it started October sixth, nineteen eighty five. I was thirteen, and it ended May second, nineteen ninety eight. And nineteen eighty eight. Wow. Sorry, I was going to say nineteen ninety eight. Like wow. Listen, I'm still sleeping. Um, nineteen eighty eight. 
And she does talk to her sleep, apparently, so. I do. Uh, I tell Anne to not steal my dice. <laughs> uh, so at least that's what she told me during con weekend last yeah. year that when we were sharing the hotel room that that's I told funny. her to stop stealing my dice. Mm-hmm. I don't quite believe her. I do. She's, she's I like, do. Yeah. You talking yeah. to sleep? I'm like, I do not. <laughs> How do you know? Because you're asleep. I know. I don't know. But <laughs> so that that's like one of my ultimate favorites. So like cartoon, but I don't remember what time of day it was on. Mm-hmm. That's the one thing I don't remember. Yeah, I think it was one of those afternoon ones, like after school special type stuff. Yeah, I'm not sure. I could be wrong. Never know. Anything's I'll possible. Look. Maybe not wrong, but maybe mistaken. Hmm. <laughs> I just thought I was wrong, but it's mistaken. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, that's that's what I was shooting for. All right. So I talked about baseball bunch with Billy. We've talked about Gem. Dan, throw throw something in the ring we can chat about. What's one of the shows that pops up in your in your mindset? Mash. Nice. Absolutely. So heavy here. Oh yeah, that's one of my all-time favorite shows, and I—it's definitive. Yeah, it's the definitive. um, I mean, was it even a sitcom or just regular com? It was was comedy, black comedy, medical drama, sitcom, satire, military. I mean, it was a little bit of everything. Yeah, social commentary, the works. It was all there. They didn't use the laugh track in the operating room, even though there were jokes. Yep. Well, wasn't it th- a thing that they used a laugh track early on because the production company made it made them use it in, in episodes? Not just you know, I'm not even saying the mm-hmm. operating scenes because I know that there was never let in the right. operating theater, but there was a laugh track in some of the early seasons. But they eventually the actors petitioned, and it was done away with. If I think, if I remember mm-hmm. correctly, the story. I don't. I'm, I, I may think be you're there. right. But you know, it's an 11 year TV series about a war that lasted four and a half. <laughs> You know, that's that was always the, the thing they I made it go about. beginning to the end. It was all quality show. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't really remember ever watching week episodes of Mash. Dan, there was are, always are, something going on. Are you old enough to have watched it during its original network run, or was it like the afternoon rerun? At, at least towards the end of it, I did. Yeah, I, I remember the- that. I don't remember the beginning. I started what seventy two, so I would have been two years old. So I wouldn't have seen the beginning ones, but I definitely like the last. You know. Few, at least the last half, probably of at least few seasons right. I, I watched. And obviously, I was part of the uh, the world record breaking audience that watched the finale when it mm-hmm. happened. You know, I yeah, watched I w- the run up to it. And- I was in eleventh grade when uh, wow. the series ended, and I saw okay. a lot of it during its original run. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like, and it's an interesting choice is something to flashback on your youth because it's not a show made for kids. Uh-huh. But it is one that I do remember watching. I think it originally started on Saturdays, then moved to Sundays and Mondays. It it, it took a few different spots in the schedule over the years. But the, it was a show they couldn't kill. No matter where they put it, right. people were going to go watch it. And I think that's why they were so flexible with it. They're like, the audience will follow the show anywhere, so we can just put it wherever it's convenient. Or, or if we need to strengthen our lineup here on this day, we'll move MASH over there yeah. and people will come watch it. You know, that was just the way that they, they worked. And what, I mean, what a great show. There was just was. so much going on at all times. And, and to this day, I've watched the final, the, the, the goodbyes, because the, the whole clip is on YouTube, mm-hmm. right? And I've watched it at least twice a year at the very least, you know, where everybody says their goodbyes and they all go off into the, the sunset, mm. you know, and, and, uh, and Colonel, <clears throat> uh, 
Colonel Potter go, rides off into the sunset on his horse. I mean, come on, how fitting for that <laughs> character. And then, of course, you know, uh, um, Hawkeye gets in the helicopter and starts to fly away and sees goodbye in the stones. I mean, I'm getting, uh, I'm getting misty-eyed just thinking yeah. about that whole interaction uh, between him and BJ. I've got the you whole know? series on bo- a DVD box set, and it came with the movie, too. If you've never mm-hmm. seen the original movie with Donald Sutherland and Ellie. I have seen yeah, it. It's, it's difficult. All the different people there. It's, just, it's so bizarre watching the movie mm-hmm. after watching the series. It's like watching like the, the Buffy movie after watching the Buffy series. Oh, I know. Yeah. but yeah. And actually, if you've never read the book, it's based on a novel. I thought it was I based didn't... on a play. No, a novel by a guy named Richard Hooker. Although okay. I think that I know that book. It's it's a very good book and funny and dark. Huh. So, well, yeah, I mean that's it's black humor. I mean you yeah. you don't write a war uh, war story like you know that isn't going to have some sort of commentary to it. Tanya never watched Mash. I did not watch Mash. Hmm. I might have seen like an episode or two, but it's not something that like drew me in. Mm-hmm. So that's just me. Mm-hmm. That's fine. That's yeah. like, you know, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. Everybody can like everything. That's right. So. That's why there's so many different shows. Yep. Right. Exactly. exactly. Um, you know, and, and, and this is the era, you know, our childhood where we got our big fandoms. Dan discovered Battlestar Galactica. I discovered mm-hmm. Doctor Who. Um, you know, he, Billy was treated to Batman. Yeah. Yep. Right. Yeah. Um, Space 1999. Oh, which I always thought the premise was weird, right? But I, I tuned in every week for two seasons, you know? <laughs> I, I, I love the ships. I love the, the eagle the, land. The eagle, land yeah. And I always thought the uniforms were kind of cool, you know? The, the, the white with the, the sleeve, the, you know, where, where Star Trek had the multicolored shirts. Everybody had the same kind of thing, but their, their one sleeve was a different color to kind of denote different departments. I always thought that was kind of a nice play on, on what Trek mm-hmm. did, you know? So, yeah. But and I, and we've talked about that show and podcast before. I, if, if there was ever going to be a show that needed a reboot, I, I would see. I would see what, what a modern take on Space Nineteen Ninety Nine would look like. Yeah. Oh my gosh, they, they could do. I mean, the stuff they could do today. Jeez. Yeah, yeah. I think continuity was was one of the Achilles' heels of Space Nineteen Ninety Nine. It was to me when I watched it all the way through one time. There really wasn't much in terms of arcs. It was very episodic, very vignette mm-hmm. type thing, and very little consequence there there was sometimes where something would happen dramatic to this one particular character and then they'd be fine the next episode you know it's it's so that's typical of the shows of the time though true that's also a valid point we're so used we're ingrained these days nowadays with story arcs and reoccurring themes and things like that so i can understand how that'd be an influence but i'm just it was something on my mind Mm -hmm. i had to talk about it it made me feel better (laughs) so vent chris thank you Anyway, um, all right. So going around the horn, Billy. Okay, I'm gonna. I've got a lot going on in my head, but I'm gonna bring up one that you guys may remember because it lasted. It only happened once a year, every year, the night before the new cartoons debuted. On usually on the Friday, the different networks had specials that previewed the upcoming Saturday morning. Schedules. Oh my God, I'd forgotten wow. about those. And it, they yeah. were usually hosted by a star of that network's mm-hmm. ma- one of their major hits, 
or mm-hmm. something having to do with the set upcoming Saturday morning schedule. But I looked forward to those almost as much as the actual cartoons to see the clips of the new cartoons that came up, whether it was no, wow. I, I really enjoyed those and it was crazy. You know, you'd have like the cast of good times or happy days or, you know, the Osmond brothers or something like that hosting mm-hmm. this, just a clip show and talking about the shows you're going to be able to see tomorrow morning when you wake up, super friends will be on and, or the new adventures of Scooby-Doo or something. And I really enjoyed those every week or every year. Each, each network. 99. I was doing some of them. Oh, really? Cause I I watched them definitely from say the early seventies up through maybe the early eighties. Yeah. Like 71 ABC at the Brady bunch Mm -hmm. visit ABC. No, yeah, because they they had their own cartoon show too. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah, so nineteen eighty four Saturday morning preview park hosted Mm -hmm. by Weirdo Yankovic. Oh, Oh, I missed that one. Featuring Wolfman Jack, Scooby Doo, and Scrappy Doo. Wolfman Jack. Now there's a name I haven't heard in ages. (laughs) I met him in Florida. Did you really? Yep. How cool is that? He was staying at our hotel in Tampa. Oh wow! Or Clearwater. Yep. Uh Nice. He That's was uh, cool. staying in. Uh, my dad recognized him or whatever. He was uh, <coughs> out uh, laying by the pool, and we met him. I had huh. to have been like seven or eight. I would. I would have had no yeah. clue who he was. Nice but. to meet you, Mister Wolfman. Yeah, <laughs> isn't that a Scooby Doo line? Yeah, <laughs> could be. <laughs> so. Wasn't for you, darn kids. <laughs> well, I think he was in one of those celebrity, you know, team ups with the with the Scooby Gang. Yeah. I remember. yeah. Oh, man. I forgot all about those Friday oh, nights. Scooby Doo beats Abbott and Costello. That, that I don't even have a clue about. What, the preview shows? or Yeah, the, the preview, preview shows oh. on I, Friday nights. I had forgotten about them for such a long yeah. time, but as soon as Billy mentioned it, I was like, wow, yeah. oh, I do remember that. That's so cool. I'm looking forward to that because that's how, how else do you know about the shows? Because yeah, there's true. no internet back then. No internet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, now yeah, I have to know what's on CBS at ten thirty tomorrow morning. Yeah, right. we use the newspaper, mm-hmm. the TV guide. Yeah, the TV guide or the whatever <laughs> came in on, on Sunday's uh, newspaper. And it was the guys. Uh, we're freaking old. <laughs> the, the we really are. The week and uh, I remember circling or identifying when I had to set the VCR type mm-hmm. thing. But it's not often you could see Lee Majors as the $6 million man talking about the Looney Tunes Roadrunner uh, hour. Yeah. There was something completely incongruous about that. But yeah, yeah, it worked. uh, It happened. 1974, Fun Shine Saturday, hosted by the Lee Lee Majors from $6 million man. (laughs) There you go. Wow. You can't forget him and uh, the Fall Guy. Nope. Uh, And he sang the theme song. Oh, that's great. He did. <laughs> I'm the unknown stuntman to make Eastwood look a star. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I went there. You did that go was a, there. And I'll do it again. Was that, was that the show that he was wearing like a cowboy hat and he like kind of sinks into uh, a bathtub? Yes. During the was opening part, credits. During the opening credits. Okay. So, yeah. No, wait, no. No, that was Matt Houston. That was Matt Houston. Oh my God, that was Matt Houston, the the Texas Private Eye guy. Because 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 one channel had Pierce Brosnan doing Remington Steel, Steel, and they wanted their own their own American twist on it. So another network came up with I can't remember what that guy's name. I can see his face. I, I mean, th- talk- that wasn't the Fall Guy. 
Well, it may have been both, but I, I just, I only am thinking of Matt Houston because uh, I was doing um, three o'clock in the morning YouTube surfing recently because you know insomnia is a thing for me and i was finding clips of the shows from the 80s and there it is okay let's take a look here a wealthy texan moves to california to run family business and dabble in crime solving yeah this is um, not the... let me look let me look hang on let me just i'm just because i want to get that guy's knee lee horsley okay because it was killing me He's all right like a, a poor man's tom Selleck, right exactly yeah but i but yeah it's that's not i'm like yeah. looking at this one picture that's Opening credits, and then I'm gonna, because I'm, I'm just gonna do it right now while I'm, I'm here. I got YouTube in front of me, because why not? Marky Post was in Fall Guy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah ended yeah, them going over right. a cliff. Oh, he's in the tub at the end. Is he in the tub at the end? Yep. All right. With, and with I'm a hat on, it doesn't need to like kind of go under the bubbles or whatever. No, he's got like a rubber, um, a rubber ducky. He's got a cigarette and a rubber ducky or something in the tub. Oh, okay. Bubble bath. <laughs> Because why not? In the eighties, you could do shit like that. <laughs> and I'm watching the opening with with. Uh, Matt. And they had a he had like a big pickup truck. Well, yeah, that I remember. Yeah. Well, I mean, you gotta do that. Mm-hmm. The, the big pickup truck was a, was a regular feature in a lot of these shows. Think of think of the uh, Simon and Simon, the two Col- brothers. Colt Seavers, a stuntman moonlighting as a bounty hunter who uses Hollywood <sighs> stunt tactics to capture criminals. I love and that my, show. And my favorite part of Fall Guy was Heather Thomas. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that one had Heather Thomas and TJ Hooker had Heather Locklear. Right. Yep. Or was there a oh, show that had both yep. Heathers? The Heathers. I don't know. Huh. Okay. I'm almost through the opening credits of, of uh, Matt Houston because I just I want that I need that validation in my head of what's going on here. <laughs> Because now oh, I'm getting man. it. Wow. All of these '80s memories are starting to blur together. It's I bad. I totally forgot about the love boat. The oh, love boat. how can you talk about the '70s and '80s and not talk about the love boat? I, like, that wasn't on my list. I had to run back um, yesterday morning and uh, throw the Muppet Show on because I had forgotten to put it on my list on Friday. So I ran mm-hmm. down and threw it on my list because I had like 45 or 46 on my list. I was right. So apparently they ripped off Fall Guy because at the, the very last the very last snippet of the opening credits for Matt Houston, he's in a bathtub, there's a cowboy hat in front, and he ducks down below the bubbles. Okay, so it's Matt okay. Houston that does that. Yeah. He does below the bubbles. But yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. I, I was watching that opening credits again, and I'm like, that's really funny. <laughs> now, I was going to say, because I don't remember watching Matt Houston, but I guess I must have, if I remembered that particular part of it. There's, I, you know, the 80s, I mean, we, we still have the regular crime procedurals and, and, you know, detectives that are out of, you know, fish out of water people. You know, like Castle, for instance, recently. You oh, had I love Castle. Playing the author who dabbled at being a crime fighter kind of a thing. Um, and we, you know, that's, it's, a, it's a constant thing. But I really think in the 70s and 80s, that was like the type of show to have. Oh, yeah. Oh, it, think right. like Quincy. He was a medical examiner, coroner, who fought crime. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Using forensics. Yeah. Which was exactly. basically like a precursor to CSI. Mm-hmm. I, I always joked about the fact that it'd be great if CSI, if you see Gil Grissom, you know, sitting there in his lab doing his thing, and he he goes to this this old retired uh, Emmy that he used to study from in school, and then Jack Klugman comes walking in and plays Quincy, you know, like like an ultimate crime, because Jack Klugman was still alive for uh, like a couple of years early in the CSI era, so I thought that would have been a great crossover, but that's me. I'm the only person thinking that, apparently. <laughs> 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 I'm just that weird. 
Well, yes. Wow, though. Holy cow. Um, the, the amount of love that's in the room right now? Yeah, wow. the, the love boat. Uh, Fantasy love Island. Boat. Fantasy Island. I am Mr. Rourke. Yes. Welcome to Fantasy Island. Smiles, everybody. Smiles. Dublin. I didn't watch that as much as I watched The Love Boat and mm-hmm. then, of course, now the controversial Dukes of Hazard show. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, but then. Was Fantasy um, Island after Love Boat? What? Wasn't Fantasy Island I don't know, I after so. Love Boat? Yeah. yeah. But she's right. I, I didn't watch Fantasy Island, but I do remember watching Love Boat. And I think maybe mm-hmm. because Love Boat was more in reruns in the afternoons uh-huh. during summer vacation, too. Here's, mm-hmm. here's my question. I don't know if this actually happened or not. Did Love Boat ever cross over with Fantasy Island? I don't um, know. Hold on. I am. They did um... cross over with someone. Oh, crap. Did Charlie's Angels ever wind up on the love boat for some reason? I don't know, but that sounds like a very viable combination. It was on a TV series from 77 to 87. Uh-huh. I didn't realize it was on that long. Uh, let's see. Trivia. It'd probably be under trivia, right? Yeah. I'm going love boat crossover into Google and see what comes up. It's like uh, there was a little something there. Crossover. November twenty second, nineteen eighty eight, nineteen eighty. Some Love Boat cast members did guest on Fantasy Island. Right. I mean, that was the yeah. thing. Fantasy Island and Love Boat were the basically the the ensemble cast. You know, you had your regular core crew of the ship, and then it was what what celebrity is going to be on the boat this week. So at the end of the, they did a half hour show of, of Fantasy Island. At the end of the original half hour cut of the show, as a guest left the island, Tattoo announced that he had a fantasy he wanted to come true someday. When Mr. Rourke asked what it was, Tattoo produced a gl- glossy photo of the Pacific Princess cruise ship, the Love Boat. Tattoo <laughs> said he wanted to take a cruise in the Love Boat one day. Mr. Rourke assured Tattoo that someday it might happen. That's hilarious. <laughs> now, if he actually showed up on it, it would be funny. Um, smiles, everybody, smiles. A rich Corinthian leather. Anyway, so. so it wasn't really a crossover, but they, no more a reference than anything else. Yeah. And however, and I don't know where this got pulled out of my head, the 1979 episode of Charlie's Angels Love Boat Angels. Uh, Tiffany Wells joins the Townsend Agency after Sabrina has quit to get married and start a family. Charlie tells the girls to take a cruise on the Pacific Princess to catch art thief Paul Hollister. Chris offers to get close to their target, but soon begins to feel an attraction to him. The love boat soon will take another victim. Didn't like almost everybody guest star in the love boat, like from that time. Oh God, yeah! Like I said, it was the cavalcade of all the current celebrities and past. I think Charo has the record. I think Charo Uh was on like a hundred times or something like that. Yeah. It's like Steve Martin and Alec Baldwin hosting SNL. Yes. Charo's on the love boat again. Oh, crap. How'd she get another ticket for this boat? You know? Let's see Charo. How, she, how can she afford that many cruises? Yeah. Come on. Uh, let's oh, see. Yeah. 1977 to 87 it was on for. I'll tell you the episode I watched. The love boat episode that I actually intentionally sat in front of the TV and watched was one where the, the trailers implied that they were going to have to sail through a hurricane. And they, and they were like, they were, the, the ship was at risk of sinking. No, I was like, no. I'm in for this. I want to see this shit. <laughs> <laughs> now, it was, um, the show was filmed on real boats with actual passengers. To make the boat come alive, the production mm-hmm. shot on two real cruise ships, the Pacific Princess and the Island Princess. 
Mm-hmm. Girl cruises were booked and actual passengers played extras during certain scenes to require that required a more authentic look. That's kind of funny. And here's fun trivia. I have a cousin whose daughter, so another cousin, um, she graduated from university with a degree in hotel and restaurant management and her, her first job out of university, she has spent the past couple of years as an assistant cruise director in the princess lines. Mm-hmm. And she has the, the, the Pacific princess herself is no longer an active ship, no, but she still, I believe she still exists. Cause, cause, uh, cause, um, Brenna was making reference to her uh, during a family reunion one time about a year or so ago. So well, I'm thinking that she might be like hanging around as a, as a stationary hotel or, or a museum piece. Well, based on this cruise log on USA Today, mm-hmm. um, it says famed love boat makes final voyage to scrapyard okay. in 2013. Okay. The 42 year old vessel will be dismantled for metal and parts. Um, the vessel last sailed for Spanish-based quail cruises after changing hands a couple times and sailing for Princess Cruises from 75 to 2002. See, 42 years, though, that's not bad for a cruise ship. I mean, that's, yeah, that's, no, that's definitely a long time. time at sea. Yeah, so from, yeah, 75 to 2002. Yeah, that's an old boat. I was, you know, I might have mixed it up because I think she was talking about the Queen Mary, too, which isn't that the one that's landlocked in, like, a museum piece kind of thing? Or? Maybe. Um, yeah. Well, it says a new Pacific princess joined the princess fleet in 2002 and continues mm-hmm. to sail for the line. The original Pacific princess's name was changed to Pacific after it left the princess fleet. So the ship that um, was on the Love Boat show uh-huh. has been um, dismantled and re- replaced. Yeah. Uh-huh. Take our last tour of the ship's interior. I'm clicking to look at photos. Oops, <laughs> looks like there's no content in this category. Son of a <laughs> son of a motherless goat! Damn you! Uh, uh, oh, but on a side note, I did order Jim and the holograms on Amazon. And, well, there you and, go. And um, getting uh, sending donation to uh, Mighty Monkey through Smile. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! <laughs> hey, actually, a lot of my orders lately have been going in through Smile. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, you can set it on your if you use the app, you can set it there. I use my computer. Yeah, but if you do I, use the, the Amazon app, you can set it on the app now. That's pretty okay. recent. That's cool. All right, Tanya, you're the one who's boasting before we started recording that you have a long list of shows. I do have a long list. So So start hitting some highlights. Let's hear it. Airwolf. Nice. Airwolf. Oh, very cool. Okay. Um, Mission Impossible. Wait, now for those of you who don't know, Airwolf is about uh, a super helicopter. Helicopter. Yeah. Yeah. With two, two pilots. And two by, and one of them was Ernest Borgnine, who I thought was the greatest, you know, the greatest sidekick of all time. So, and the other one was Dan Michael Vincent. Yep, who was an up and coming actor whose star really didn't ignite. Yeah. Um, as much as I didn't like Mash, Mm -hmm. I loved Hogan's Heroes. Oh, I loved Hogan's Heroes. Hogan. That may be the wackiest sitcom premise ever. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Nazi prison camp. Let's laugh. Yeah. yeah that's let's funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. Let's make the Germans look stupid, basically, was what it was. Yeah, they Mission, did. <laughs> Mission Impossible. Uh-huh. Which had a rebirth yeah. in the 80s. I remember that. Um, then, uh, of course, let's go over to um, Facts of Life. Oh. You take Drawing the good, you take the bad, you take the both. The both. There, there you, you have the Facts, facts of Life. life. <laughs> The fact okay, so I know you guys watched it too. Yep. Which was uh, a spin-off of Different Strokes. Yes, it was. Yep, that was on my list, Different Strokes. Family uh-huh. Ties, Silver Spoons, 
Um, oh, the great 80s sitcoms. The, oh, fa- the family sitcoms. Then mm-hmm. I went back a little bit <laughs> with Bewitched and I Dream a Genie. Nice. Let's see. Uh, let, me, let me interrupt you real quick. Huh. Dan, you and I have a fellow alumni to our, our high school alma mater who was there way before we did. Um, now, well, not, I don't think he's that much older than we are. But anyway, um, Herbie Pilato, who is an author and has been involved in the, the Hollywood scene behind the scenes for a while as a writer, as an extra stuff yeah, like I that. Yeah, I got a couple of his books. Yeah, I've, I met Herbie a couple of years ago. He was he was in town and he was visiting, visiting Aquinas and I happened to be there dropping some stuff off. So we got a chance to shoot the shoot the breeze with uh, Jay Polston for a little while there in the alumni office. And mm-hmm. Herbie, I have him on Facebook and he's always got these great pictures about him with like Elizabeth McGovern and and, the, you know, the, some of the other folks from from uh, excuse me. <clears throat> from Bewitched and you know a lot of the the, the classic shows from the 60s and 70s. Oh wow. I want to I'm going to reach out to him and see if maybe we can get him on the podcast to start talking about his experiences because I think that'd be that'd phenomenal. That'd be great actually. That'd be awesome. To hear what yeah. he's got to say and see, you know see what books he's been writing lately. I also like Herbie because of the fact that on his Facebook, on his social media, he's all about positivity. He's just completely ignoring all the crap that's going on around him right now and just saying, here's here's my affirmation for the day, or here's something really kind of cool and light. Here's here's a picture of me with uh, Goldie Hawn, and here's a picture of me with Elizabeth McGovern, and oh, I met Lucille Ball, and here's a great story about her. Oh, wow. and, you know, so he's, I think he's just be a fabulous guy to have a chance to chat with. So I'm going yeah. to reach out to him and see what we can get him on the on That's the a chest. great idea. <laughs> <clears throat> Well, I know. I know when Jay introduced me to uh, to Herbie, it, Monkey Business was really early. It was it was still kind of like a baby show. We, we were, I think, we'd only been doing it for six months to six or seven months at that point. But Jay knew about it. I think he was doing some networking so that this moment would eventually happen. There you go. Because <laughs> Jay's no dummy. So. Nope. All right. So anyway, I'm sorry, Tanya, I interrupted that's, you there. No, that's okay. And then, of course, there's like Knight Rider, MacGyver. Oh, oh um, MacGyver. Of course, MacGyver. How can you not talk about 80s movies? Were we talking about the, the Swiss Army sure, knife? I mean, the, we were talking the, about it last yeah. time. Last time, yes. Yeah. Um, oh, and then we when we were headed out to Eastview Mall the other night. Uh, we were talking about Battle of the Network Stars. Mm-hmm. Was like, oh, wow. Was one of the yeah. ones that was just like... Um, Oh, I used to love those. Yeah, it and, was... and let me tell you, fine. And I'm sorry, Tiny. Again, no, that's okay. I apologize. Um, but you mentioned Battle of the Network Stars, and the first thing that pops into my head is is the man who taught me how to love all sports, Jim McKay, and Sunday's ABC's Wide World of Sport, <laughs> the thrill of victory <laughs> and the <laughs> agony <laughs> of defeat. <laughs> I can see that poor guy duffing that ski jump in my memory oh, yeah. every time I think about that. But my love for the Olympics came from Jim McKay. Just the way yeah. you deliver it in this very cool, easy, easygoing kind of like your 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 coolest uncle is just telling you all about these cool things going on around the world, and and I fell in love with the Olympics because of Jim McKay and ABC. So that's because it wasn't really about any particular sport; it's about all sports, really. Right? Yeah, it was about all of them. And, yeah. and it was always, they always tried to look at obscure things, things you would normally look at. You know, mm-hmm. like, like for instance, when it came to winter sports, biathlon, you know, luge, oh, curling, yeah. things, things that normally you wouldn't find. I mean, nowadays you can find anything on ESPN channels, but still back in the day when you had three networks and PBS, you know, this was your way of seeing what was going on in the rest of the world. And Dude, once a year, the Harlem Globetrotters. Absolutely. Yeah. Everyone is so focused on like one sport or is watching one sport. That was just sort of, it's a good thing of a little bit of everything, which is... Mm-hmm. You know, for for someone like me who's not like not a big fan of like, one particular sport, you know, it's a good overview of everything. Mm-hmm. 
and it was enough enough to keep you interested for the you know however long it was on there. So yeah, Good yeah. There, there's just like a ton of things out there that just more than just talking about it. I'm like, oh, now I want that on DVD. Oh, now I want to go find this and rewatch this. And oh, I got it. So happens to me all to... the time because mm-hmm. my because I'm a little bit older than you guys. The ABC uh, line Tuesday night lineup with. Uh, Happy Days and Laverne and Shirley. Oh wow! Yeah. Yep, those yeah. were on my list too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I I love those. And now that Chris, you mentioned Herbie Pilato, I went to his Facebook. He wrote a mm-hmm. book about the six million dollar man and bionic woman called Bionic. Yep. I'll yep. I yeah, that and you. Thank you because that was some of the pictures he posted recently was him mm-hmm. with Lee Majors and and Lindsay Wagner and and a lot of those and um who played Oscar Goldman the uh, old Richard, character Richard Anderson. Thank you. Yeah, pictures with him as well. So, I mean, this guy's, uh, you know, we're talking about stuff that we grew up with, and this guy is a connection to all of that. Like, yeah. an, like an intimate, in face connection to all of the stuff that we're talking about right now. So he should have been on this episode. What's that? He should have been <laughs> on this episode. episode. He really should have. So, you know what? We're gonna, I'm gonna do a callback. I'm gonna do a callback. So, we're previously on FC3's Monkey Business. So, and, so this is a, a part one of a. a this a is gonna be a part one or two because well, there's so much going on from I back then. We've already been talking almost an hour and we've the, barely scratched the surface. Right. Yeah, there's. So Haven't you mentioned Super Friends? Oh my god! Yeah, so I mean, I think that we can go on to like um. The, go on to like the cartoons of our mm-hmm. youth that mm-hmm. we really really enjoyed and, and continue uh, another conversation with that because there's still like all right so let's cartoons that are on my list so let's so. plan this out now and it may the parts you know the different parts may not be popping up in the next couple of weeks because it depends on how to we be can, continued you know, at a future yeah, date so we're going to say this is part one of the talk about tv shows of the 70s and 80s that the four of us grew up with part two or part three, we'll have Herbie on board. And then, you, you know, whichever part Herbie's not on board, we'll be talking about like the Saturday morning cartoons more in depth. And we'll start talking about more of how, you know, these, these particular shows evolved and whatnot. So we have, we have this whole three part visitation of the seventies and eighties. And I'm thinking, I'm looking forward to it. So. Uh, are you sure it's only going to be just three parts? We might have to revamp that. It might be a couple more. So. Cause I Suddenly, had more shows pop into my head as we're talking. Even, oh yeah. even the little, interstitials between cbs cartoons do you remember in the news yes or you I, just learned like two minutes mm-hmm. of what's going on in the world and from mm-hmm. a kid's viewpoint well come on if you're going to talk about that if you're going to talk about that i've got two words for you yeah. schoolhouse rock oh. okay that's oh. a whole nother podcast schoolhouse rock like you would uh-huh. not believe Oh, I love that. Conjunction, junction. See, this is why we are going to start it now, because we're yeah. just going to go another hour. Oh, don't don't <laughs> make me sing about uh, adverbs. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't we do a podcast about Schoolhouse Rock already? We I might we, have, but I we touched on Schoolhouse. But it's it's probably been two years, at least. It's got to be. It's, it's gotta been be at a least 100 episodes. Since and that's now. definitely worth that's definitely worth revisiting. Previously on, uh, on our... FC3's uh, Monkey Business. <laughs> And, yeah, and, I, I really seriously, I got to bring out my game show host voice for that kind of a thing. Previously on FC3's Monkey Business, we definitely have to do that. But it's probably a good time to take a break because I hear uh, footsteps upstairs, so I know Uh-oh. there's more people in my house. You hear the footsteps? Yes, and I bad see things, the bad, bad things. I uh, was uh, stalking, <laughs> and I see that my parents are here. So. All right, all right. So let's do a quick break so Tiny can go tell her mom to leave her alone for five more minutes, and then we can do our question of the week. Okay. All right. That's so- I know my parents 
So while we were on break there, welcome back everybody. We were talking about other other sh- great shows that we had, you know, like kids shows like Captain Kangaroo, Sesame Street, Electric Company, things like that. We were talking about Soap, Benson. Um, what are some of the other ones we talked about while we were 
we were waiting to come Chips. back. Know, we, Chips. Chips. Elf. Oh my god, Elf. Hey, how about a hug for the old Elf? <laughs> hey, Willie. Giddy, 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 giddy. Oh, one I forgot to mention, Doogie Hauser. I love Doogie, Doogie Hauser. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Let's, let's, uh, we're just saying that there's so many shows that the, we're just scratching the surface of oh, yeah. what we talked about yeah, so far. Like, like the very top layer. I mean, we, we just, and we can just mention, we can just list off names and, you know, it's and just, it's like, and everyone listening, we're like, oh, yeah, I totally forgot about that show. Or, oh, yeah. I forgot <laughs> Fraggle Rock. Down in Fraggle Rock. Dun, 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 dun. Okay. This has made me want to go to Amazon and buy Mork and Mindy on. Oh, nice. <laughs> Mork and Mindy, which is a spinoff of Happy Days and Laverne and Shirley, if you can just, that. It's just bizarre. The, the that fact is, that Mork and Mindy came from Happy Days. It's the <laughs> same universe. It's oh, the, that is a, the funniest thing. Yeah. <laughs> but they bring an alien into Happy Days. That's weird. Uh, okay. Because Afonso had his power, so you know. Mm-hmm. Hey. hey. <laughs> oh oh man! All right, so let's hit our question of the week and move on because you know Tanya's being um, being uh, peer pressured by her parents to spend time with them. Yep. Ha 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 ha. So okay, um, whose turn is it to pick a number? I think it's mine. Okay, go for it. All right. Uh, fifty-nine. 59 double digits. All right. RoboCop versus the Terminator. Oh, jeez. Oh, <laughs> I'm going to have question. to say uh, the Terminator because he'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's my funniest line right now, and that, that's my story. I'm sticking to it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think I have more knowledge of Terminator rather than um, RoboCop. I've seen RoboCop, but it's been like forever and a day. So mm-hmm. Ro- RoboCop went against some pretty incredible odds at some points, and he he's, he survived it all. Yeah, yeah. So that's why I'm like, oh. he's got he's got that that you know that outside of the box thinking he can use. So right, because it's still, and that's I think that's the difference is that you have a man in a metal body, and then a metal man inside a human body you know that's different so you have a computer versus an actual human brain uh and that might make the difference Uh, billy you go ahead what's your vote on that one terminator versus robocop that's interesting because my initial impression was terminator Uh but i mean he over the years he's failed he's he gets beaten by linda hamilton Mm -hmm. uh he comes back as a good guy yeah. Uh, been... See, when he's a good guy, he succeeds. Yeah. That, that's writing for you. So it's just. So it... think about the original Terminator in the first movie. Think okay. about that. Yeah. Mm. Narrow it down. Robocop versus the original Terminator. I might have to go Robocop. Okay. Dead or alive, you're coming with me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm going to go against the grain. I, I get two, two votes for Robocop. I'm going with Terminator. Um, and, and yes, you have, and it's, I'm not saying it's going to be a breeze, right? We've mm-hmm. talked about it already where, where RoboCop had the human intuition, you know, Murphy's, Murphy's, uh, you know, soul in there in that metal case. And, but 
I have also watched RoboCop get his ass whoopticated, you know, mm -hmm. and have to think of something creative to get out of the way. But the Terminator is a relentless man. One track mind, it just one go track and go mind. And go and if go you tell it its target is RoboCop, it's going to go Gonzo on it, and and, and it's until it gets crushed by a huge press and it is no more. It's going to yeah. keep on going. And you have <laughs> to admit, you have to admit that was a lucky shot. Right. Mm -hmm. So Kyle Reese used his surroundings to his his advantage. And because of that, he had the ability to kind of do a sneak shot right there and, yep. and get him in the press. But in a street fight, Robocop no, would... versus Terminator. No, Terminator will just keep coming. And, and it, I mean, I'm not saying it's going to like I said, it's not going to be an easy fight, but I'm giving it to Terminator. Okay. That was an easy one. We've had questions of the yeah. week. We go on for like a half an hour more. <laughs> there's, 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 there's all kinds of different ones here. So yeah, what do you I think, Dan? It wasn't a political one, right? <laughs> what, do, what do you think, Dan? Terminator versus I, RoboCop. I, I would. I think I'd say RoboCop. Okay, so I get outvoted, but I'm okay with that. No, it's okay. No, it's not a, it's, you it's and opinion. I had Terminator. Oh, I thought you said RoboCop. I'm sorry. So no, it was a tie. Said, uh, yeah. So it's two and two. All right, so two and two, it's a tie it's game. up to our, uh, our uh, listeners uh, yeah. to, oh. to weigh in their their things. There's there's no right or wrong answer at this point. It's like no. make a stand and defend it. Yeah, and then let us know what you think. So until the movie comes out, we don't know. There you go. I mean, <laughs> oh, we've should seen... we start writing that? There you go. We, I mean, we've seen Alien versus Predator, so we should be able to see RoboCop versus Terminator. There you go. Mm -hmm. All right. That's a wraparoo, kids. That's a great week. That's a nice week. That's a done week. And so, uh, Dan. Chris. It's time. Hit it. Because this has been FC3's Monkey Business, a product of the Mighty Monkey Corporation, purveyors and producers of the Flower City Comic Con, coming at you April 24th and 25th of 2021 at the Total Sports Experience in Gates. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, follow us on Twitter, follow us wherever we go, and we will lead you to where the entertainment is. Have a great week, have a safe week, and we will talk to you again next week. Dun, dun. Dun.